What's up, guys, and welcome to the Nurse Man Dan Show. Uh, I'm very excited to be doing this. Um, this originally started out as a way for me to have some kind of mental release at the end of the day. Uh, but the more I talk with other people and patients of mine, the more I've realized that I think more people need to hear what I'm saying when it comes not just to healthcare in this country, but how we're living in general. Before I start giving my opinions about what I see day in and day out and what I've seen over the last six years as a nurse, I figured I might as well let my listeners uh, know a little bit about myself, at least as far as my, uh, my nursing career goes. I graduated with a degree in biology uh, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with it once school was over. So for the first year after I graduated, I cut grass on my own, and I made pretty good money considering. Uh, but as a redhead, I knew being out in the sun all day wasn't going to work out in the long run. Uh, around this time, for some reason, I was re-watching the television show uh, Scrubs, and it kind of got me interested about going into the medical profession based solely on the characters in that show. There was something about being in a hospital all day with the same people that you become like a family and you really do rely on each other, uh, not just for help with work, but with things outside of work, with family issues, with just life problems in general. And uh, that really struck me. I don't know too many careers where you get that kind of bond, um, I guess, other than military and uh, police maybe. Um, but somewhere you're with somebody, you know, 12 hours, 12, 15 hours, sweating and running, watching people die, uh, doing compressions under somebody who's dying under, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different environment than other jobs where you go in for eight hours, you say what's up to somebody and otherwise you just do your thing. Like this was like you show up and, you know, from the moment you pull in the parking lot, you knew how the day was going to go. You pull up and you'd see this car or that car, uh, you know, and the car that you saw was somebody that you knew, you know, you worked well with and they had a great attitude and you got along with, you was like, you know, damn, this is going to be a great, this is going to be a great day. Let's, let's do this. And then days when you pull up, just like every job where you pull up, you know, and you see, oh shit, this person's here. Like that means I'm going to have to pull extra weight today. Blah, blah, blah. It happens everywhere. But when you're there for 15 hours and people's lives are on the line, you really have to be able to rely on the person next to you, not for your sake, but for the actual life of somebody else. Plus, honestly, I thought wearing scrubs might be kind of cool. And since this is my show, The Nurse Man Dan Show, uh, I'll tell you straight up. I ultimately decided to go to nursing school because I knew it would be loaded with women. For anybody who just got upset by what I just said, uh, I just need you to take a breath and listen. This is a there are males and females type of podcast. So if that bothered you, go ahead and turn this off. But on a lighter note, I remember walking in uh, day one of nursing school, and that day I met my future ex-wife. That's not even a joke. I really met my future ex-wife. But I got a beautiful three-year-old daughter, and I love her more than anything, and I wouldn't change it for the world.
This is just a uh, an aside for anybody listening to this that might be considering uh, going into nursing school. Don't stress the school part. Literally, I didn't. Uh, I probably could have done better. I, I should have done better, but you're going to be fine. Just pass the test and go to your clinicals, okay? You're not going to learn anything until you actually are day one in the hospital or whatever the job is and shit hits the fan. Um, before I go on, actually, you know what? I, I got, it's my show. I can say whatever I want. Uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about and why not to stress it. So like I said, well, I don't know if I've said it yet, but my first job was a ER nurse, uh, out of nursing school, ER nurse. And I remember uh, day one, like I said, it's like probably 6.45, maybe 7 o'clock. I'm in there and you could just tell I am the new kid on the block. You know, my scrubs, uh, our colors were green and black or some variation of that. Some, you know, top, bottom, whatever. And uh, I walked in and my scrubs were, I don't even know, they, they were still like fresh. They almost looked like they had been ironed. And everybody else's scrubs were faded and, you know, wrinkled and... It was just, uh, you could just tell this guy hasn't done this before. And I'm a pretty confident guy, so I felt fine. Hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm not even on the floor, maybe five minutes, and like this alarm goes off, which it's obviously the uh, the, the, the ambulance calling, uh, but it kind of started me like, damn, that's loud. And I'm like not awake yet. And it's a, uh, it's a middle-aged woman coming in in cardiac arrest. Uh, compressions are, you know, they're doing it in route. And I'm kind of like, I don't even know what all this means. I mean, I know of it. I went to nursing school. But this is what I'm saying. You Until shit hits the fan, it, it doesn't matter. Just pass the test. Don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Learn it. Pass the test. You'll be fine. So anyways, so... Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll be there in, you know, three minutes. And my nurse preceptor, uh, it was like, all right, I just want you to kind of stand in the room, in the trauma room, and just kind of watch what's going on. And the doctor at the time uh, didn't, you know, he was there, but he didn't know who I was. We never met each other. And this lady came in, and I remember her coming out of the ambulance on the stretcher, obviously. And they had the, uh, I can't remember what the name of the, the, the machine is I want to say it was like the Lewis or it's the automatic compression device that they do um, out in the field so anyways this lady's coming off it's early in the morning I'm still tired as shit I'm nervous I'm excited all at once and she comes in and they like they don't throw her but I just wasn't expecting what happened to happen I just was, this just never happened in nursing school. You know, you're always working on a sim doll that never worked half the time. Or you're working with a, a lab partner who pretends to be sick, but really you're talking about, you know, an episode of uh, whatever is on Netflix at the time. But she came in and like, this is somebody's mother or daughter, you know, or sister. And she came in and she was dying. And uh, they threw on the on the, on the bed and I remember Dr. I won't say his name, um, but he looked at me not knowing I'm a brand new nurse. And he said, start compressions. And like, this is a room filled with, I, I don't know, I don't want to say veteran, but definitely nurses that have been 
longer ER nurses, been longer nurses in general than me, who's been really on the floor as a working nurse less than 10 minutes. And the doctor looks at me and he says, start compressions. And like, I don't, I don't get nervous. Like I said, uh, but when shit hits the fan until you've been there, you don't know how you're going to react. And I remember looking him straight in the eye, like straight in the eye and saying, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I just graduated nursing school, but they hired me. I'm an ER nurse. It says it on my badge. And one of the basic skills I should know how to do, uh, chest compressions, I, I could do it, obviously. I just, it was just, I mean, the, uh, the adrenaline running through at that time was wild to me. It was just, I, and I had to step back and they ran, you know, the course and, um, and uh, unfortunately it, it didn't end well for that, that particular person. Um, but it was just, it was, it was a big eye opener to me, like that this, this happens like, oh shit, like people die here. Uh, I, you know, I knew in my mind, I guess it happens. You see it on TV, you see it in movies. Um, anyways, that was just a, uh, an aside, like I said, don't sweat nursing school. Okay. Pass the test and then hope you don't have an arrest day one. All right. Otherwise you're going to be fine. Have some fun with it. Okay. Because once you start actually working, it's, the more I talk, you're, the more you'll know. It's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of bullshit. All right, guys. We'll be right back. School had its ups and downs, and obviously I should have taken it uh, more seriously than I did. But here we are now, and I, I've that mentality of let's just go here because we'll see what happens to the way I am a nurse now has, tra- has changed Excuse me, drastically, and it's changed that drastically since starting this home health job and um this is what i really this is what i really want to get into because this is why i really wanted to do this show this is what really wanted me to do this show so that i can get this off of my chest so that people will hear this and maybe somebody else will say it and somebody else will say it and it'll just make sense because it's so at the end of the day the problems are so basic and so simple it's, it's ridiculous to me that we're still confused about the shape we're in. Uh, as, a, as a country, the shape we're in mentally, physically, emotionally. It, like we're doing it to ourselves and it's so, it, it's so obvious, and, but nobody wants to make the changes. But that's a topic for another episode. So as I said, my first job was in an emergency room. However, it wasn't uh, an emergency room like you would imagine. Not the kind you see on movies, not the kind you see on TV shows. Uh, I would say the entire four years I worked there, I did compression, chest compressions uh, less than 20 times, maybe. I never saw a gunshot. Uh, I never saw a stab wound. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what I saw. I saw a lot of older people, whatever you want, geriatric people uh, that fell and broke stuff. That was the biggest one, really. Um, then strokes. And then, honestly, guys, I saw a bunch of whiners. Okay? I saw a bunch of whiners. I saw a bunch of people trying to get work excuses. And I saw a lot of people trying to get drugs. Okay? 
That's what it was. A lot of people trying to get drugs. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. it that's what it was. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to hide behind, you know, oh, it's this, it's that. No, they're addicted to drugs, and I'm not even saying it's their fault. It's also the fault of healthcare, which we'll also get into. But I'm saying that is what it is at the end of the day. That is a large part of emergency room visits is drug seekers. Let's just get beyond that. Point being, at the emergency room, I worked at at least over half, like probably well over half of the people I saw in my entire career were not emergency room patients. As in, they did not have a medical emergency. That, again, is another talking point for another episode. Uh, Overall, I had a blast working there. Uh, I met some really great people, and I met some really shitty people. I met uh, some great doctors, and I met some shitty doctors uh, that I can't even believe were allowed to work there. But it was a good experience. I'm glad it happened. And uh, after that, I did a year in an OR um, as a circulating nurse. Hands down, this was the worst type of nursing I've done thus far. It was the exact same thing over and over and over. Day one of my orientation, uh, they handed me a script. I kind of like, like it was like a legit script. Like nurse says this, patient typically responds this. And I was like, okay. And she was like, you just, this is what you do. And I was like, okay. You know, thinking like, all right, what what kind of nursing skills am I going to apply in this new venture of mine? Turns out I didn't apply shit in that job. I started IVs. I was there for a year. I started IVs maybe less than 10 times. I didn't do shit. I sat on my ass and I wiped somebody's eyeball with iodine and they paid me. I, I don't bitch about money, but like, as far as like what minimum wage is, I mean, I've made really good money for what I did. I never broke a sweat. It was one of the most sedentary jobs I've ever had. But as far as what kind of skill, nursing skill was required for that job, uh, a 14 year, not even a, four, a 10 year old could have done what I did. Now, I don't want to say to any OR nurses listening, or anybody else, any other nurses listening that 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 your job isn't difficult, okay? Chill out. I'm saying that my particular job at this ambulatory surgery center where he just did cataracts and, you know, eye plastic surgery, uh, that's all I did. I got paid as a circulating nurse to do what any 10-year-old child could do. And it was miserable. I couldn't stand it there, and I was I was very glad to be done. Um, I would go into it more, uh, but you know I was only there for a year. It was that select specialty. Uh, I don't have enough experience in OR nurse to give enough input to to make it to make it worth my while. So let's get into the meat. So as of now, it's August twentieth, twenty twenty two, and I've been doing full-time home health nursing since January. Guys, when I tell you that I've been doing this job for seven months, but it feels like I've been here for six years, 
I'm, I'm not even joking. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I've learned more about disease processes and medications and reasons why people go back to the hospital. But more importantly, why people go back, but why they don't go back and why people that don't go back are staying out of the hospital. That's the most important part. This job is what really got me amped up to want to do this show in the first place. Because, because it's, it's a beautiful thing when you see what life can give you when we make the right choices. Seven months of this job, nonstop hours, the phone is constantly ringing. The amount of documenting is ridiculous. And the thing that gives me the most, which is the basis for this whole show, is the amount of money I see wasted day in and day out on people who want who don't even want to help themselves. Now, this is largely their fault. Like I said, we are all adults, so claim some responsibility for your own health. But it's largely also the fault of the healthcare system in general. I don't know how long I've been recording for as of now. I don't know how long each episode I do is going to be. Um, But I am going to close this episode with an example of how, in my opinion, healthcare in this country now uh, is failing all of us terribly. And it's not just affecting our health, but it's affecting our wallets and the wallets of our kids and our kids' kids. And here's why. I'm going to give you an example, and I want you to stick with me through it, but it makes perfect sense, all right? I'm going to use my daughter in this example, okay? She's three years old, but let's just say she's, uh, I don't know, 10. 10 years old, so she, she knows what I'm saying 100%, and I know what she's telling me for the most part, right? So, Let's say I have a 10-year-old daughter who I love more than anything, which I do. Uh, Becoming a father, by the way, is hands down the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I would not change it for the world, okay? I'm not even joking when I say that I thought seeing her for the first time was magical enough. Like, there is nothing better. Uh, But when she fell asleep on my chest for the first time, uh, I've told people this quite a bit, I would not... I would not trade that moment or any time since then that she's fallen asleep on me for winning the lottery. It's it's the best thing ever. And you just, you, you know, if you can't get it, you just haven't had kids. And, you know, that might hurt somebody's feelings. I apologize if it does. But those are just the facts, in my opinion, that until you have a child of your own, you can't know what that love is. I knew from the moment I saw my daughter that until I died, there was nothing I would not do to help her and to show her unconditional love like my mother and my father showed me. All right. So in this example, let's say it's Monday morning and I'm cooking breakfast. The stove is hot and my daughter walks over there and touches the stove with her hand. She immediately starts screaming and I run over there and I, I look at her hand and it's, it's burned to hell, right? I treat her hand like I would as a good father and as a nurse, right? And then I'm going to educate her. I'm going to tell her, you can't touch the stove, sweetie. It's hot. It'll burn your hand, right? 
treat her hand. I love her, give her hugs, send her on her way, okay? Everything's fine. Nothing I've done so far uh, is wrong. I've been a good parent. I treated her. I've educated her. Everything's great, right? All right. So it's the it's the very next day in this example. Uh, it's the next morning. I'm cooking the same breakfast again, uh, and the stove's on, and it's the same burner, and she walks right over there. And with the same hand she just burned that previous morning, she touches the stove. And again, to my shock, she burns her hand. So once I process the fact that she's doing it a second day, you know, in a row, I run over there and I treat her hand just like I did the first day, except, you know, now I'm kind of just like, what's going on? So I'm going to teach her again to make sure she really understood because I, I kind of thought the fact that she lost layers of her flesh, that she understood you can't do that. It's bad for you. But she didn't, obviously, okay? So I'm going to educate her again. Baby, you can't touch the stove. You will burn your hand. It's going to hurt. You are screaming, right? And instead of just sending her on her way, I'm going to discipline her now. Because I'm not going to let her just burn her hand two days in a row and then go back to watching Peppa Pig or whatever this 10-year-old daughter in this example of mine is watching, okay? No, I'm going to discipline her. I'm going to send her to timeout. She's not going to be able to watch Peppa Pig. No more potty treats. I don't know. Whatever the punishment is. But it, it's got to be something because I need to make sure she understands the severity of what she's doing. Because if she continues this type of lifestyle choice of touching hot things, she's going to lose function of her hands. Okay? Once again, nothing wrong with my parenting style. I haven't, I haven't hit her. I haven't uh, yelled at her. You know, I, I've treated her wounds. I've disciplined her. And I hope, I'm hoping to dear God... That that is, you know, what she needed. That was the final straw. Here we go. It's the next morning. And I say, you know what? I ain't cooking the same thing two days, three days in a row. Let's try something else. The first two days have not ended well for me or her hand. So I'm going to cook, I don't know. What can I cook else on the stove? I'm going to cook fajitas because maybe she'll just stay away from that smell in the morning. Sure enough, she doesn't. I'm taking the, you know, the pan or whatever over to the wherever and I look back and she's screaming and sure enough, third day in a row, she has walked over there and touched that stove with the same hand that she burned it the first two days. Okay, I'm going to go treat her hand again because it's my daughter and I love her unconditionally. Remember that, okay? Unconditionally, without condition. She could do that. A thousand days in a row, and I would treat her hand every day. But if all I did was treat her hand every day, I'd be a shitty parent because I'm just enabling bad behavior. Something's going on. So the third day, she burns her hand again. I treat her hand like I said. But now instead of disciplining her or educating her, I I think there's like something going in her brain. Like, I know it burns her hand because when she touches the stove, she screams. And when I look at her hand, 
I see meat. So I know like, okay, it's hurting her, but she continues to do it. So instead of the disciplining isn't working, the physical pain isn't working. So something else is wrong. Something else is wrong with my child at this point. So I'm going to evaluate other options to figure out what that is. I'm not going to continue to send her to timeout and wrap her hand and just hope that the next day she decides not to touch the hot stove. And you know why I wouldn't do that? And anybody who's underage or takes offense to foul language should cover their ears for the next few seconds because it would be fucking retarded. You would have to call, uh, you know, child protective services on me, right? Can anybody disagree with that? You can't unless child protective services needs to be called on you. And that in its most basic example that I could think of is what healthcare is today. That's what we're doing in this country. We are a bunch of as healthcare providers, parents in this example, treating burned hands over and over and over again without anything else happening. It's it's gross. It's wrong. It is exactly what a shitty parent would do. The same shitty parent that any of us would call, you know, child protective services on. That's what healthcare has turned into because of money and pharmaceutical companies and hospital uh, way ups and and probably even physicians honestly more and probably in private practice but it, it's happening because to do the right thing to be a good parent slash provider is harder because it's harder to discipline your child and see them cry and not like you knowing that it's good for them than to continue to let them do uh, detrimental shit to their health over and over. Does that make sense to everybody? I hope that example made sense. If it doesn't make sense to you, it might be, the show might be above, above what you're going to be able to understand. Because that was a very basic example. And when I'm talking to patients I see, I treat everybody like it's my mother or father. How would I want somebody else coming in there? Would I want somebody coming in there and treating them like an asshole? No. If they don't understand something, that's fine. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to put it in the clearest terms for them to understand because that's how things progress. You can't go into somebody's house and say, you know, with a history of X, Y, and Z, get to vitals, uh, you know, or how are you feeling today? You taking your meds? Okay, I'm out. You can't, that's a, that's not a good, that's not good practice. That's a shitty parent. That's a shitty nurse every day over and over and over. I'll never disagree with that. I'll always take my time. I'll never judge anybody for what they know or they don't know. What I am going to judge is if I find out they are capable of receiving my knowledge, understanding what I'm saying, truly understanding it, and then still choosing to not do anything about it. At that point, I've got an issue. At that point, I have a huge issue. 
And it, it's that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, healthcare is so expensive and so flawed in this country. That's what this that's what healthcare has become in this country. As the providers, aka the parents, they are just continuing to treat burned hands over and over and over. That's it, because because if they if they do what they needed to do and disciplined their patients or their their children in this analogy, things would change. Because my daughter, I tell you right now, if I said you can't watch Peppa Pig or you can't go, I don't know, you can't go swimming today. I don't something she enjoys because she continues to do something detrimental to her health. But if that gets her to stop destroying her hand, then that's what you do until she gets it. Why is it any different? If in fact, it should be more frowned upon that adults, <laughs> that adults are, are not able to comprehend that. And that that's what we have become is a bunch of, of entitled uh, you know, adults that think, you know, medicine fixes everything and it doesn't. We have to move. There are things that are required. And, you know, these are just a few of the topics. I know I'm getting off track that this show is going to cover. OK, uh, so I don't know how many of you I've pissed off. I don't know how many of you are like, damn, this guy makes some sense. Um I don't know. I don't have any formatting for this podcast, so it's probably going to be different each show until I get something uh, steady. So um, if you have any comments or questions, I'm going to try to figure out a way for y'all to leave that. Let me know how the audio quality is um, and uh, have a good night. At the end of the day, just know I want everybody, everybody, I don't care who you are. I want everybody to live long healthy lives so that they can spend that time with their family and their friends and all of their loved ones instead of spending, you know, 25, 30 years in bed. Because we, we're good at medicine. Medicine is great in 2022. People are living a long time when they should have died much, unfortunately, a long time ago. And that's what I want to prevent. That's what this show is about. I want everybody to live long, healthy lives. Everybody's going to live, every for, for the most part, people are living to be 85, 95 years old, left and right. But people are like, yeah, I live to be 95. And then you look and it's like, yeah, but you've been in bed since you were 72. Is that the life you want? That's a, that's a fucking prison sentence. And that's what we're encouraging by the way we're treating healthcare. So I hope y'all stick around because I'm done with this bullshit. Let's make some changes. Let's hurt some feelings. Let's 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 lower the costs so that we can provide the best healthcare for the people that need it, for the people that want it, for everybody. But not for the people that don't want to do anything for themselves. Not for the people that want to sit there and just rely on medicine and pills. That shit should be done. That's what's wrong. That's where we're trending. And it's not going to end well, okay? Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Nurse Man Dan Show. Talk to you soon.